0: Welcome to San Francisco City Insider. I'm Trisha Thadani.
1: And I'm Dominic Fricasso.
0: And today we're talking about Mental Health SF, a massive plan that City Hall now has to revamp our behavioral health care system. Um, and it has been a long road to get here today. So Dom, do you want to start us off by telling us how exactly we got here?
1: Yeah, this all started, I mean, I think you have to sort of first zoom all the way out and look at the sort of state of the problem in San Francisco, which is essentially unchecked, severe, uh, behavioral health uh, issues uh, that people who are homeless and drug addicted are, are suffering from. So you kind of have what the clinicians call these these co- comorbid conditions where people are homeless, addicted to drugs of, of a variety of sorts. 95% of them have, have uh, alcohol use disorder. And have uh, uh, essentially various mental illnesses that are broadly defined as psychosis. Mm-hmm. So there's 4,000 of these uh, poor individuals living on San Francisco's streets right now. So mm-hmm. that is sort of, that's the number that our city's health department came up with earlier this year to sort of at least try to understand the scope of the problem. And that has been sort of the um, the number, or if you will, or the target that city officials have kind of been executing against as they come up with solutions for how to address this this issue uh, in, in the subsequent months. So that's kind of our... Are, that's kind of the target population, right, if you will. Right. And,
0: and this is this is kind of the first time that we have a number. Um, on the amount of people that that are on the streets.
1: Right? Yeah, I think a number that essentially everyone in the city has gotten behind. A number mm-hmm. that hasn't sort of been stashed in the desks of bureaucrats within the, the health department. You know, it's sort of the the top line number, the thing that everybody is looking at in in terms of getting reduced. Now, I that's not a static population, right. of course. People don't just exist in homelessness until you know the grace of the city helps them. I mean, that's the plan, right? Is to help get these people the uh, mental health treatment that they need, the substance use treatment that they need, and to eventually get them into housing mm-hmm. i mean that is the that is the sort of um that's the top line goal here right. but th- that's not a, that those people will come in and out of the city they'll come in and out of homeless situations so but that's at least we're working with the same same baseline here i think is why why that number is important right. to talk about right so
0: with 4000 people to help them so now what exactly is the plan
1: yeah so earlier this year two supervisors uh matt haney from district six the tenderloin soma Mm -hmm. and um supervisor hillary ronan in district nine the mission portola and uh, um, primarily the mission these are these are the two places in san francisco where most of this you know problematic behavioral health mental health activity is happening right Right. so they sort of got together and they came up with an enormously ambitious plan that they've always called mental health sf which was a a huge revision for how the city looks to treat and uh, uh not not just people who are homeless with mental health issues, but also people who just can't get the help they need through their private insurers and private doctors for whatever reasons. Right. So, so initially,
0: the plan was um, including people insured. So that means that you and I could have gone and right. used Mental Health SF as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, big up to our health insurance, by the way. But yes, <laughs> under the initial plan, we could have uh, participated in Mental Health SF. And the reason why we bring that up is because. It, almost immediately, this sort of produced this gut reaction from Mayor London Breed, who said, Yeah, we can't be f- like using city resources to treat people who are already insured, mm-hmm. treating 4,000 homeless, addicted mentally ill people is going to be enough of a, of a huge task in and of itself that we need to focus the city's attention and resources on, on those people. What's also sort of an interesting dichotomy in this whole thing is the fact that um, Haney and Ronan, the two supervisors behind Mental Health SF, purposefully kept the health department at arm's length. They, right. they sort of drew up Mental Health SF with input from frontline clinicians, from nurses, from people who have sort of always been, on the, have been, have been both very involved on the front lines of treating San Francisco's mental health crisis mm-hmm. and also people who were sort of on the periphery who have always had these opinions but never really got a word in with the health department. They didn't believe the health department was capable of sort of turning this big ship right. around. and right. so
0: Because they were the ones that they had blamed for getting us into this mess. Exactly. The and, and
1: their rhetoric was no more nibbling around the edges, ed- edges, no more incremental change. We're going to do a top-down sort of revisiting of how San Francisco treats behavioral health patients. Right. Um, so, that, so they fought. The mayor and the supervisors fought for months over this. The mayor, using her own health department's information, said, I have my own plan, Mm -hmm. you know, which was not dissimilar. It's not really getting in. It's not worth getting into, you know, what was different between those two plans, except to say it was the populations in mind. Right. It was the 4000 people that we're talking about with these three comorbid conditions Mm -hmm. or it's everybody true universal mental health care. So they talked for a while the supervisors and the mayor, they got together and tried to hash things out. Um, They talked, uh, I think, about five times before the mayor said, I don't want to go to the ballot with this, which was the supervisor's initial plan. And I don't want to treat, I don't want to, I don't want to siphon resources away from this population of 4,000 that I care so much about. So they broke off talks for months and things got kind of acrimonious Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, All the while, the supervisor said, hey, you know what? You're right. We're willing to narrow this population. and, And we want to provide sort of advocacy for people who have uh, mental health problems and insurance and just can't can't wait three weeks to get an appointment with a psychiatrist. Right. We want to have someone on staff, and that's what Mental Health SF provides for through something called the Office of Private Insurance Accountability. So if you're getting screwed by your insurance provider or your health provider, mm-hmm. the city wants to know about it, and they want to send that information to the city attorney's office to see mm-hmm. if they can't sort of exert a little extra leverage and pressure on, on those kind of providers. But- Ultimately, it came down to the population. Right. It came down to who was going to get served. And the supervisors and the mayor agreed. And they got closer and closer and talk sort of rekindled. And it all sort of, you know, uh, uh, resulted in this week, this sort of grand bargain um, that the mayor has uh, essentially agreed to get right. behind Mental right. Health SF to say this is going to be the plan. They, it, It's it's the plan itself sort of marries Everything that everybody wanted, at least uh, begrudgingly, right?
0: Yeah, but it, but it doesn't seem looking at the legislation, it doesn't seem too different from what Matt Haney and Supervisor Ronan had initially proposed, right? Including so, the name, including right? it, yet, yeah, called mental. Yeah, health, so
1: it. so it it comes back to the the mayor's two main sticking points because you're right. So much of the legislation mirrors exactly what mental health SF was in large part for a long while. Mm-hmm. Again, it comes down to the population. Who are we going to treat? And how are we going to do this? Are we going to go through the ballot, which means that mental health SF would have been essentially frozen in time. This is the plan that voters passed. If we want to make changes to that plan, mental health psychiatry is a dynamic thing. Like right. People don't just stay in one place and move through the system smoothly on their own. We would have to go back to voters. Mm-hmm. That that was always the mayor's thing. We're going to have to go back to voters in order to change this thing. And, you know, people are getting tired of ballot measures anyway. It's kind of how the how the mayor thinks about right. this. So let's do this legislatively. Let's keep it in City Hall. Let's do this in, in ways that we can tweak things and adjust based on new information that we learn as we go about implementing right, this right. thing. So implementing it is really the next step, right? So why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about sort of what uh, the city has in store in the next couple of years, how much it's going to cost, et cetera, uh, when we come back.
0: Okay, so now we have this grand planned, great compromise from the supervisors and the mayor. They all stood up in front of City Hall, congratulated each other on finally coming to a compromise. But we still don't have answers to some of the really big questions of how to, um, you know, help um, the conditions on our streets, such as we don't know how many more beds we're going to need for people um, for this this 4,000 population. We don't know how many more case managers we're going to need and we also don't know how much this is going to cost. So what do we have other than just like a fancy name for a plan?
1: Tricia, you're really naysaying here <laughs> with all of these questions. All right. Why can't we just celebrate one win at a time? No, you're absolutely that's not our job. Doug. That's quite right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. So so what what so what do we have right now? We have no ballot measures, right? So voters will not see this when they go to the polls anymore. Right, and we also have,
0: don't really have much of a say, right? Now they have, they're relying on their elected officials to pass something that that's well.
1: exactly right. And and I mean, they Matt Haney and Hillary Ronan have been you know talking about this for months and months. So mm-hmm. in terms of the public now awareness of it, I think that's at a fairly good place right now. Right. Not to mention the fact that anybody who walks around in you know in the Tenderloin or in Soma or in the Mission has encountered people mm-hmm. who are obviously are in need of help and nobody knows what to do about it. So, so the, the awareness of the problem, I think, is will work in, to their advantage. But you're right. There is no public – there is no pressure valve for public input apart from, you know, public comment at mm-hmm. a committee meeting on a Wednesday at 1 p.m. <laughs> you know you what I mean? you guys there. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a choice. That's where my office is. But, you know, yeah. that's where our offices are. But n- n- nevertheless, you're absolutely right. The, the public won't have as much of a say on this. But they have – there was a lot of support for mental health, SF. There is a lot of, I think, drive to get this problem fixed. And right. so that, that helps, Right. So we what we have is legislation. That legislation represents essentially the architectural skeleton of the building that will become Mental Health SF, the metaphorical building. Mm-hmm. All of the wrapping around that building, all of the fleshing out of the plan and the walls and the, uh, um, the lining and the roof of this building – are all going to have to be worked out piece by piece and it's going to take a very very long time to mm-hmm. do that there's just no getting around it. So I think really at the heart of this plan and at the heart of the expensive mental health sf is the small army of new employees that the city is going to have to hire mm-hmm. in order to to do what they want to do which is to have a a low patient to cl- clinic you know clinical worker ratio where I'm not going to have too many people going out. I, if I'm a clinical worker, my sort of network of patients is not going to be that big because I want to be able to spend a lot of time right. providing them with intensive care, which is in keeping with best practices around yeah. treating these types of problems. And when
0: we say clinical social worker, we mean someone who um, – you know, a, someone – a trained social worker who is literally going out to – the homeless and drug-addicted people on the street and essentially holding their hand through the system because, as we all know, the system is incredibly fragmented and, you know, the average person would have a hard time navigating it.
1: Exactly right. It's it's it dizzyingly complex. Mm-hmm. It is not right now something that is attracting people to come in to services and care. It's something that's repelling them. Right. You know, a- apart from a visit to a psychiatric emergency room at, at at moments of, you know, true terror and despair, that's not a pleasant Place to be. You don't want to be there. Right. I mean, wouldn't it be better? The thinking goes to have your hand held through a system that is sort of that is that is based around you. So mm-hmm. part of mental health SF is giving each one of these four thousand people and, and whoever else right. a personalized treatment plan.
0: But the problem is, I mean, I would argue that's one of the most attractive parts of their plan. Um, but it also sounds kind of like one of the most unrealistic because right now we also have we already have a shortage of these types of workers in the city. Yeah. Um, you know, these people are. Notoriously underpaid. Um, Living in the city is incredibly expensive, and San Francisco has had a very hard time attracting and retaining this type of talent. Oh, yeah. So I wonder what you know, what Mental Health SF is proposing in order to help mitigate those hiring challenges.
1: Yeah. So when I went out to see when we, we were out at the rah-rah celebration where everybody was patting themselves on the back for all, of, yeah, for all of the good work that they had done in, in getting behind this, this admittedly very important piece of legislation, we are sort of cynical because we saw all of the sort of dysfunction that went on prior to that. Yeah and, yeah. and reported on it as <laughs> such. But I think that they, what was interesting to me at that rally was that they knew it was going to be expensive and they told people it was going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. They know that hiring that small army of new workers is not going to be cheap and they need to, just as you said, incentivize them to go take on this incredibly difficult job, this job that not a lot of people want to do. Yeah. They're thinking about, for instance, loan forgiveness for students right now who mm-hmm. might be able to come into the city and work and have some or maybe all of their student debt forgiven if they come in and work for a certain amount of time at this at this particular job, being a outreach worker or someone else connected to the, the development of mental health SF or the rollout of mental health yeah. SF. Um, they're, they're going to need to pay these people very well. And that's something especially Supervisor Ronan has been adamant about that these people need to be brought on at a salary that's going to make them want to stay. Right. So we're talking about costs. There, there's a lot of parts of mental health SF that are yet to be determined that the very next thing that's going to happen just as a quick aside is basically the board of supervisors and the mayor are going to appoint people to a working group mm-hmm. that's going to basically be the architects of this, of this, build off what the vision is in the legislation. That's what it is. It's a vision statement. Right. You know what I mean? It's saying, this is where we want to go. Now we're going to figure out how to do that piece by piece. So right. this working group is going to be 11 <laughs> people, five appointed by the board, five appointed by the mayor with a city attorney to kind of sit in the middle and yeah. be a neutral arbiter. Right. Um, and so, yeah. so la-
0: last question before yeah. we wrap up, I mean, what what is the timeline for something like this? I mean, obviously we need some sort of immediate sweeping change right. on the streets, but How realistic, how quickly is all this going to happen?
1: So I think... It's that's that gets a little bit fuzzy. I mean, it already is happening, right? The mayor has appointed a director of mental health reform to look into this very issue mm-hmm. and provide recommendations and guidance along these lines. Um, so, so some of it's already happening. We know that there are a, a, there's a population of about 230 people within that 4,000 population with the comorbid conditions who have been out on the street for decades in some cases, mm-hmm. who are the worst off, and the city has already begun out reaching out to them and trying to bring them into into care. And I mm-hmm. think it's going to be worth in the very in the very near future, sort of finding out from DP how that's going Mm -hmm. but uh uh so it's sort of it's going to be a rolling thing but to, to to your to your question how long until mental health sf is fully operational it could take years I mean, we're oh, talking wow. about h- hiring possibly hundreds of people mm-hmm. at, in a system where it can take a year or more, 18 months to make one hire, you know, within right. DPH for various positions. Right. So I think there's going to have to be a lot of bureaucratic, you know, red tape cutting, which is sort of like London Breed's MO, right? Mm-hmm. That's what she loves doing, you know, maybe more than anything else in City Hall is getting <laughs> rid of that, you know, those right. administrative things that hold hold systems back. Um, so it, it could take years before this is fully fledged out. I mean, we're talking about, again, we, just a quick word about costs. The operational costs right now, so the, the annual cost of running Mental Health SF once all the machinery is fully running, right, is mm-hmm. going to be about $100 million. And there's some people who think that that's way conservative, right. you know, people who have expressed doubts that that's going to be the final number. That doesn't include one-time costs of buying new beds, mm-hmm. staffing those beds, uh, uh, refurbishing what's called the Behavioral Health Access Center on Howard Street, right. which nobody knows and about. And also
0: increasing hours. Making that a 24-hour
1: system, there's going to be a lot of one-time costs. There's going to be a lot of operational ongoing costs. And, you know, the budget is going to have to be tweaked to reflect that. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is going to – this is a really – I mean, revolution gets tossed around a lot, you know, especially in a presidential political season. But, I mean, this really is a transformative thing for San Francisco. This is a top-down, you know, reimagining of how a city can care for people who – basically are at you know at, at the at the end of their ropes in many in many yeah, instances yeah. people who are destitute so yeah. I think that uh, this really could be a model for other cities as as the sort of diseases of despair and misery kind of spread throughout the U.S., whether that's drug addiction and homelessness. These these sorts of things might be may, may well be a model, although I think that'll depend on whether or not here in San Francisco they can get it done well.
0: Right, right. And we will be there at every single Wednesday afternoon committee meeting <laughs> covering it every turn. So thank you so much, Dom, for that great explanation of mental health. That's it. Thanks, Tricia. San Francisco City Insider
1: is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.